Hey everybody, it's Mike Rickon. Thanks for joining us today for another iteration of the Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm joined by Irene Richard, one of our senior product managers from what appears to be her very lovely home office. Irene, welcome to the Getting to Know podcast. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for the warm welcome. Yes, I've been told I've been told I'm almost Pinterest level in my home office. You are almost Pinterest level. I wish this was a viewing experience we could share that. It looks nice. So thank you for joining us today and taking time away from all the things you're doing to drive growth within our fine organization. Tell us about your role and what you do on a regular basis here, Irene. Well, you know, so one of the great things about being a product manager is that it it changes from day to day. A lot of times when we talk about product management, we talk about those people kind of being almost like the glue in an organization. You know, we're trying to keep everybody together trying to grow the business. I'm whatever the business needs me to be from day to day. If I need to work on pricing, I work on pricing. If I need to work on marketing collateral, I work on marketing collateral. One time when I was early in my career as a product manager, I actually went and packed boxes because we needed to get product off the floor. And that's what we had to do. And, you know, I love my role here at Nina. Uh, because I get to work on such highly technical products. You know, I'm a materials girl at heart. And I'm part of the I'm part of the tech products group now. And so specifically within that, I'm in the industrial solutions group, which you may have heard is called the performance materials group. You would be right in that assertion. Why the different nomenclature? Yeah. So my understanding of it is okay, so I've I've been with Nina now uh a little over three years, right? And so when I first started, it was called performance materials. And it was made up of, of some different groups. So at that point in time, heat transfer was in the organization, publishing was in the organization. And so we've had some reorganization and some restructuring over the years. And so currently, the portfolio of products is called industrial solutions, right? We're solving problems that are for industries, a lot of custom solutions. So it's really focused on tapes, abrasives, backers, basically, and then labels. Um, and then we have a bunch of little specialty products that we make. So have you been in performance materials and or industrial solutions your entire tenure with Nina or have you moved around? No, actually, I spent a hot minute in fine paper when publishing moved over. Got it. So how did you get to Nina three-ish years ago? Well, so I was actually working at a med device company at the time. Um, now, my background's in chemistry. I'm really a materials gal at heart. So when I saw the position become available, I jumped on it because it was it was really a materials-focused position. It was all about the uh, publishing book cover materials that we produce. And, you know, I came and I interviewed and I, I liked the team. Um, you know, I got along really well with Melanie. She's fantastic. It was a short commute, which is a huge plus in Atlanta. And, and you were I in the Atlanta like, area before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm in Roswell, which Got is it. like 10, 15 minutes from the office. Yeah. Okay. So it, it really, you know, it it had this really great culture of assuming positive intent and being able to take things and run with them. I, I love the level of autonomy. Um, great people and great commute. So why not? So in your role as the glue, as a senior product manager, some days you said you're doing pricing, some days you're doing marketing collateral, going on a sales call, maybe you'll pack a box. How often do you actually get to leverage your chemistry background? So a lot of what I learned in grad school was how to solve problems and be resourceful. So it's not so much about the technical content of my degree, but it's about how I think through things. And so that's a lot of what I leverage from my education is that 
that problem solving. I have a tangent if you want to hear it. When I was in um, graduate school at Georgia Tech, we had had this old Nicolette FTIR system. So they'd been bought by Thermo at that point in time. And the system was probably like 15 years old. And I spent hours, almost every day on the phone with their tech support department to try and replace the light source of this machine. And they kept telling me, oh, it's, it's, it's obsolete. We're not going to replace the light source. We don't have any. So finally, I got bumped around to this one tech guy who'd been there forever. And he's like, yeah, I got one. And he sent it to me. I called him up. Took 15 minutes to change it out. And now we have this thousands of dollar instrument up and running again. Do you get a chance to solve problems that are that sticky in your current role? That stands out to you. That goes back to grad school. Do you get to do that every day? You know, that's, that is, I think that's one of the things that drew me to product management is that it's really about that creative problem solving. Um, a key thing that, that I'm responsible for is articulating our, our customers' problems, right? So what challenges do we have or what challenges do our customers have? What challenges does the market have? And then taking that back to our team so that we can find a way to solve those challenges. And then it's just the, you know, part of being the glue sometimes is, you know, getting that call out of the blue of, hey, we've got this problem, you know, now what? You know, that's one of the things that I really love about my role is just getting to talk to people and, and really problem solve with them as part of a team, you know? Absolutely. So there are a lot of really cool things about your job that I think you've established. If you could wave a magic wand over the entire organization, what would you change about the organization, not just your specific role? I'll go after a small thing. You know, we've had a lot of evolution of the organization over the last couple of years, and it's hard to keep track. So if Outlook could have people's roles and maybe what they're working on, and then have that be accurate immediately when org changes occur, that'd be super slow because a lot of times it's, it's hard to figure out who's doing what now. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think there's a lot of opportunities for us around kind of awareness and, and connectedness and just generally connect dots. And I think I'll run a shameless commercial here for the Grow at Nina talent and performance management platform. Uh, I, a lot of that is going to be designed to make sure that we've got, you know, got people focused on the right things and there's the right amount of clarity and people understand, you know, who's doing what and going after what and so forth. So really good, really good point. Um, big opportunities for us, I think, around everything that we do around connection. So um, we'll take that as an action item. If you had to point to a thing that you are most proud of, what would you say that, that would be? So there's this really great pricing agreement system that we've implemented here at Nina. And I was on the early stages of the project all the way through to completion. It was the entire first three years that I was here. So what this is, is this is a bolt-on Apex Oracle solution. And is that just performance materials slash industrial solutions? Or is that across the board? Or is that in the U.S.? Or what's the scope of that? It's global in nature. So if anybody that has the Oracle system can use this, it has been rolled out across performance materials. It's done for publishing. Fine Paper is currently looking at it as a potential thing to adopt. I'm not sure if it made it to filtration or not, but it's, it's great because for so long, we had our price pages that we would give to customers outside of our Oracle system. So there's really big audit issues that can occur there. If that price page you give to a customer doesn't match what our Oracle system bills them. So what this pricing agreement system does is it takes the data that's coming out of Oracle and it creates a really nice visually appealing price page for a customer so that they're now seeing pricing 
that exactly matches what's in the system. And when Oracle first did this, because Oracle is, is SKU-based, every one thing has its own price. It would create price pages that were nonsense and 100 pages long. And now you're talking about 100 page long price page down to like 10. Very nice. Irene, I'm going to switch gears on you and um, talk about your life outside of Nina. I may or may not have heard what sounded like a younger voice in the background, perhaps being homeschooled. Does that imply that you've got a family running around? I do. I do. I've, um, my daughter Lucy told me that I should say, I've got two children and one husband. I mean, look, I'm not judging on the Getting No podcast, just to be clear. We're open to all. What is the one husband's mm-hmm. name? His name is Mike. He's a firefighter, so he's on shift today. My dad is Mike the firefighter. So your husband, Mike, is a firefighter for the Roswell Fire Department? He is a firefighter for the Johns Creek Fire Department and the Roswell Fire Department. So he's full-time at Johns Creek and part-time at Roswell. Got it. 24 on, 48 off, or what's the schedule? Yeah, that's the the schedule, and then he'll pick up shifts for Roswell. Is Mike a good cook? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think we're married? You're a smart woman. You're a smart woman. Yeah, my dad, as I look back on it... um, played what stereotypically might have been more like the kind of homekeeper type of, mm-hmm. of, of, of role uh, because he was off for 48 hours. And then, you know, my mom would have to try to keep things together um, every third day. Uh, it was great for their marriage, too. A little, little bit of separation every now and then. So, so Mike, the firefighter, and Irene get together. They have two beautiful girls. How old are these girls? Is it Lucy and Leela that I hear? Yeah, Lucy is seven and Leela is 10. So they're second and fifth grade. Leela is my um, poetic, artistic child. She's always on these entrepreneurial kicks. So she's always, you know, how can I take this amazing thing that I've crafted and then somehow make an Etsy store and sell it to people? So she's, she's always on this business kick. And then Lucy is, she's either going to be like a CEO or an astronaut or a sports star, but she's, I mean, she's got swagger. What do you guys do for fun? Yeah, so a lot of camping. That's our that's kind of our, our family hobby. And there's so many great places around Atlanta, you know, within an hour drive. And we've got a travel trailer. So we try and, you know, get out there on, on the open road and, and go camping and just be. Are you from this area originally? I'm from South Florida. From South Florida. What part? The Palm Beach area. I'm from a town called Jupiter. We have a lighthouse. Is Mike from that same area? He is. He's originally from Long Island, but he moved down when he was, you know, in elementary school. So we actually met in high school and started dating a little after high school. So if there was a movie created about the life of Mike and Irene plus Nina, what would that movie be called? You know what? It would be called Parks and Rec at Nina. I would definitely be played by Amy Poehler. Like a combination of Leslie Nope and Parks and Rec, but then also for character and baby models. Nice. That works. Yeah. And then my husband, Mike, is a total Ron Swanson. Mustache and everything. Well, the firemen have to have the mustache. Like, you know, you can't have the beard. It catches on fire. You got to go mustache, right? Exactly. I know. He, he keeps threatening once he retires. He's going to grow it out, his, his beard and his hair, and he's going to look like somebody from DZ Cop. Are you guys big movie fans, TV fans? Like you binge watch during the pandemic? Anything going on there? Any any advice for the getting to know listening audience in terms of things to check out? Because like I'm I'm basically at the end of Netflix. 
Oh, yeah. No, I just keep watching Parks and Rec and The Office. And then we, you know, sometimes we'll throw in like 30 Rock or stuff. Right now we're watching Seinfeld, you know. Yeah. Um, Seinfeld is like my pacifier. I go to sleep with it most nights. It just calms me down. So I'm going to hit you with a couple kind of rapid fire. Like, don't think too much about it. I'm just going to hit you with a bunch of topics. And you just tell me your favorite of each of these. How about that? Okay. All right. Ready? First one. Favorite boss ever. I mean, Melanie, Melanie Calkins. All right. Your favorite Nina value. Make it happen. Favorite sports team. Peach State Roller Derby. All right. Favorite vacation spot. Anywhere, like any state park ground. All right. At the end of every Getting to Know podcast, Irene, we hit our participants with the same three questions. I'm going to hit you with those right now and kind of see what's going on in your world. The first one is what is always in Mike and Irene and Leela and Lucy's refrigerator? Chocolate chips. I make waffles most weekends or pancakes or I bake a ton. And so, uh, yeah, you got a chocolate chip. They're the best. Good snack food too. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, amongst those that know you well, Irene, what would you say you are most famous for? Dresses with pockets. Dresses with pockets. Is that a style thing or a functionality thing? Or like, because I'm picturing like Punky Brewster right now, which I maybe just <laughs> lost a bunch of the audience because I'm too old. But like, I mean, you don't look like uh, you're dressed like Punky Brewster. Now you're standing up. Now I see it. Now it makes sense. You're keeping your hands warm. I don't see anything in your pockets. Nothing like fell out. Yeah. So, um, so I guess maybe this is, this is a little bit of a nod to fashion, but then also a, um, a functionality thing. So I have pockets. I think that's unique. Nobody's ever pulled that out. Not Jason Free, not Ramon. Nobody's ever said that on the Getting No Podcast. So I like it. I'm kind of surprised Ramon didn't. I mean, if anybody was going to. <laughs> so Irene, last question. Uh, what are you most looking forward to right this very moment? Getting vaccinated for COVID. That'd be super oh, yeah? well. Yeah. yeah. When, when do you anticipate that's going to happen? I don't know. Um, it kind of depends. You know, it, it, I'm not sure what, uh, which wave I'll qualify for. So I'm going to try and get it as soon as I can. And I assume you're looking forward to that just because you're tired of all this change in our lifestyle and so forth, not because you have an infatuation with needles or anything like that. No, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting the COVID vaccine, vaccine because it's, I don't want COVID. It's a terrible terrible illness you know yeah. and you never know which way it's going to hit i can't disagree with you i mean I, I i can't wait to get back to some version of a normal life um, that doesn't involve masks and six feet apart and you know as lovely as your pinterest looking background is i'd love to see people in the office and travel and get out to the mills so i'm, I'm completely with you well, Irene, look, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day, serving as the glue on everything related to silicone release liners and such. Um, thank you very much for your time. Certain that the getting to know listening audience is appreciative as well. For those of you in that listening audience, um, thanks again for your time. And we'll catch you again in two more weeks. Thanks, Mike.